1: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss. Underwear, armpit hair,
2: many imitators, but no one compares.
3: Badass Women's Hour, excel with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and
2: Emma Sexton on Talk Radio.
4: One, two,
0: three, four.
2: Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass. This week, we talk to Carrie Grant about raising children with autism and discuss whether or not breast implants could be more damaging than we think. Now, on the line, we have got former Real Housewives of Cheshire star star, and author of Girl Got Grit, Leanne Brown. Uh, Leanne, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, so thank you for having us. Uh, so we were watching your Instagram earlier today, as you. It's so weird to say that, isn't it? We were just stalking <laughs> you on Instagram, <laughs> and uh, we saw you talking about your breast implants and some of the potential problems you think they've caused. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
4: Uh, yeah, like I said on my um, Instagram, I've had the I've had these implants in for sixteen years now, and I was looking into having them replaced mm-hmm. and. I've had a few um, issues with them. They've had, a, they've encapsulated ca- from not long after I had them done. I've had them twice, so these ones have been in 16 years. The first one, I'd only had them done like four years and um, they'd encapsulated that time, that's why I had them redone. What does that mean, Leanne? It, it means that the, um, there's basically, um, a, there's a capsule formed around the implant and it um, kind of strangled the implant, if you will. Wow. But there's different... Um, different stages of it so obviously the the longer it's there the the more it can obviously strangle the implant and it can cause it to ripple and uh, in the end potentially rupture um so the second time I had them done it the capsulation might happen fairly quickly after but like I said it didn't really cause me any problems and I like the way they looked even though they were very very firm um I mean some people have them done and they they go really soft implants and they kind of um the mold into the body a lot easier, but mine re- reacted to them. But the, mm-hmm. like, they weren't causing any pain or uh, discomfort, and um, I just lived with them for that amount of time. And when I was looking into having them done again, I randomly got a DM on Instagram about breast implant illness. And um, I'd been through a scan, previous, just just not long before i got this message and i was asking um if they were okay and they they were like rippled i've seen the rippled on the scan but you showed me they were fine and obviously then I started doing a bit more research into breast implant illness and realizing that it's a real thing and there's been um probably over the last two years after looking at the the things the symptoms i felt like i've really felt not 100% and there's lots of different symptoms um, including um, chronic fatigue muscle aches and pains joint soreness um, there's brain fog there's headaches there's probably a digestive And this is just system. down
2: to having these implants.
4: So yeah, well, there's so many women that have come forward with all these different symptoms, and obviously, again, it depends on um, how quickly your body rejects them to how severe your your symptoms are. Um, I've, like I because I've had them in like, 16 years. It's only really over the last two years that I've really felt like um, I've I've been more affected by them. And I did a half marathon in November last year, and I've got a chest infection, and then I've just had recurring recurring illnesses like. Problems, heightened and allergies. Um, really wheezy on my chest and stuff. And I'm relatively fit person. I actually only used to smoke at the weekends, different socially, but I give that up before I did the marathon. And I'm still probably my chest is worse than what I ever was when it was when I was smoking now. And um, so there's lots of different things that kind of put together. You sort of say I don't really feel 100%, I don't feel well. I'm always tired. I've, I've got a headache maybe. I've had too many late nights. Uh, my, my body. I, I've felt like aching and i've seen a chiropractor like i said for, for quite a few years now but it's things that you just kind of waver and you put down to other things but when you look at them on paper and you see everything together and um, matched with the fact that my implants have encapsulated it's obviously you need to look at things a little bit differently and i've definitely i'm, I'm definitely having them out now And i was thinking about having them replaced but i was looking at options yeah. Be honest
2: what would you say to somebody who says well there's not really any proof you know like it could just be that actually you've been a smoker for a few years you've given up you did a run you got a bit of a chest infection isn't that just stuff that well, happens
4: well yeah yeah you can say that for me but like <laughs> yeah. i said i've done a lot of research and there's, yeah. there's now thousands of women that i've been speaking to that have had um not just the mild symptoms like high five but much more severe symptoms there's They're misdiagnosed with um, thyroid problems, Lyme disease, autoimmune disease. And they're diagnosed with these, but they're actually misdiagnosed because they obviously don't know what the the underlying problem is. When these women have have had all these symptoms, one woman I'm speaking to is on dialysis. um, When they've ruptured, if they do rupture inside of you, like it's so difficult to heal from them. But these women that have had them um, taken out, that have had these symptoms, every single symptom has disappeared um, even though they've been told they're imagining it so it's not just me saying oh I'm a bit tired and, and I've got a few joint aches and pains maybe I've got it there's thousands of women and obviously like I said I'm doing more research and, and more and more things are coming through because collectively there's a Facebook page that I'm on and there's lots of women talking about in there they've have um, pictures of before and after expan and just kind of um, urging us to love our bodies the way they were before and accepting yeah. ourselves and not want to change them. But um, do you regret
3: yeah. having the implants now? When you look back at your younger self and and you know when you made the decision to get them, do you regret 100%. that decision
4: now? Hundred um, percent. It was. I was. I was dancing at the time, and I've got no shame about saying about my past. A lot of people know I was a a, a table dancer, and it was kind of like and not just for pe- people that were dancing. It was kind of like so in fashion to have, like, if you wanted to change of music, even now still, do you know what I mean? It's, it's so yeah. just a thing that is just so easily, not really thought deeply about, but I think there's so much to be said for... The, the awareness of the surgeons to be informing the patients of the dangers of having them done, which was never done to me. I was never told that they could potentially cause cancer, or if they actually the, the poison they are, toxic. And they're, they're, they, they, I've learned that they're porous, so they do. Women that have had them removed have still had high levels of um, lead and different metals in, wow. that are in the implants that have been registered on a toxicity card. Never say that word toxicity mm-hmm. test. Um, and the, when they've had the room pads removed, they've been totally intact, but yet they've had these um, high levels of poison in the body still. Leanne,
2: and, do you know what age, what's the minimum age that women can get a boob job? Is it 16?
4: I think it is 16. Yeah. They were all about moving it to 18. I was 18, they were trying to move it to 21. I think. Do you think I'm not it should sure. be
2: older or do you think we should just say no to them altogether?
4: I think it should be banned altogether. Do you? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I mean, I know, I know when you're younger and you sort of like you are carefree and you're like, yeah. I think that if somebody had sat me down and said all the dangers um, that that they've made aware of now, the FDA, um, like I, I posted, um, I got a message to saying the FDA are now apparently releasing thousands of complaints and illnesses from medical. Um, some implants and different medical devices that have been inserted into um, people's bodies that they've kept from the public for so many years. And um, they've also announced that there is a link to cancer for them. If somebody ever told me everything, and I sat down in that in that room with that surgeon, I think I would have 100% thought twice about having them done. i'm um, I'm also
3: thinking about the um there's women like yourselves who had them had them done for cosmetic reasons but there's a lot of women who have them after they've had mastectomies and i'm thinking if you know having been through cancer and then you have you know uh an enhancement from your mastectomy but then years later you start suffering again from all these
4: complaints like yeah and like i said this. there's said that there is link to cancer. So it absolutely horrified me that for years they've been giving them to women that have had an mastectomy. One of my best friends has had an mastectomy because she had the cancer gene and they've given her implants to obviously um, rebuild, reconstruction. And I've been telling her a little bit about it. And she's had like the, the furry ones as well. And um, like they're the, the textured. So, the, so I'm really worried about her. I mean, right. I just think that obviously... It's a, it's a difficult situation. If anybody's had to have a mastectomy because of cancer, I mean, it's like way up. What, what would you rather, personally? Yeah. I wouldn't. It's like jumping into the fire, isn't it? Jumping out mm. one
2: fire into another. Leanne, do you think reality TV kind of perpetuates this myth about how women should be looking? Because I'm thinking about all the kind of various reality TV stars I've seen over the years who start the show looking one way and end it looking completely different. It feels like there's a lot of Pressure a put on people on TV, and then that transfers onto young women about what we should be looking like.
4: Yeah, definitely. There's so much, so much of um, that social um, expectation of, of um, people comparing themselves to what beauty should be, or what they should look like, or if to, to be able to just change something and at the click of your fingers. Because um, whoever you're looking up to, or whoever you're watching on TV it has done it so why can't i kind of thing and and it horrifies me having three young girls of my own and them watching these kind of shows i mean there's a lot to be said for reality tv at the minute especially with the recent suicide and um i personally definitely don't think there's enough um care taken to, to people that are going on them shows let alone the people and the people that are watching it that think that it's it's well there's one they're looking up to it because they're wanting to look like these people but then obviously there's flip side there's people that are obviously doing it to themselves they've obviously got their own issues as well
3: do you think we'll ever get to a point where we won't feel the need to cosmetically enhance ourselves
4: (sighs) well i think because of um science nowadays it just makes it so easy to be able to do that It's so it's um just acceptable it's just accepted, isn't it? And it probably if implants were banned completely, they'll probably bring out something new. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happened over years. Every like decade they've kind of brought a new and improved version and this is safer, this doesn't leak, this is this is better for you. This is gonna be uh, it's a lifetime guarantee and it's just basically all bullshit because they're probably selling something. It's it's all about money at the end of the day and they're cashing in on people that um, Uh, Essentially unhappy with their bodies for whatever reason, but I I just think it's more important to work on your mind as opposed to wanting to change your body Mm -hmm. and um, start to love yourself from within. And if there was more therapy out there offered instead of surgery, then the world would be a much happier place to be. Yeah,
2: Yeah. thank you so much, Leanne. It's been great chatting to you. Uh, Apologies for Leanne's language there. I think. (laughs) I understand she was a little bit upset, but apologies for the language.
3: Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio.
2: She'll get you talking. We are really lucky to be joined by vocal coach extraordinaire Carrie Grant thank you so much for coming in thank you so much for having me uh so we are not chatting vocals tonight although I do need to chat <laughs> to <you 'cause> I've, <laughs> I've ruined my voice Carrie I need help have you um I have yeah I've been really I've too been much singing on it watch but... out
5: speaking yeah. too much talking that's how I, I always talking. lose my voice never singing it's just can't stop talking
2: <laughs> <laughs> basically when I say it's a professional problem um but we're not talking vocals because we're talking instead kids. Because I did not realise, but you are a mum of four kids. I am. And how did that happen? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, quite. So please don't call in and say yeah. <laughs> 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 and. They're all completely amazing and special because you've got two with Asperger's and three of them have ADHD. So, yeah. Is that right? It's, 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 yes,
5: yeah. so I feel like I've got more needs than I've got children. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, so Tell I've got three it. three birth children, one adopted child. So that's okay. the first sort of slight difference. And then my eldest daughter, um, Olive, she's got ADHD and dyspraxia. Then Talia's the 17 year old, she's got high functioning autism and dyscalculia. And then the next one down is Imogen, and she. Uh, She's 13. She's autistic and she has ADHD. And then my little boy has attachment disorder and ADHD. So, yeah, it's a lot of labels. But then, you know, I I don't have a problem with the labels. I think the labels are just like, woohoo, look at you. That's amazing. You're autistic. Go celebrate. Yeah.
2: So for people that aren't kind of aware of what autism is or have a kind of defined view of it. How does it show up in your kids? So it's really interesting because for many years, when you say
5: autism, people think Rain Man, they think Dustin Hoffman or that kind of thing. And so people have, you know, they say things to me like, you know, do your children make eye contact? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do your children speak? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, try and stop them. Uh, But where they really, where you'd really see the difference is in their communication, they communicate in a slightly different way. So they don't always understand things the way that, uh, what we call a neurotypical person would, would, understand so they might be quite rigid in their thinking or they like things to be very predictable they they feel high anxiety a lot of their life is they, they spend trying to just cover that anxiety up um they like routines they have intense special interests so what's happened in historically is that boys got diagnosed because they all the diagnostic criteria is set for boys so when you go and see the guy that or the woman that's assessing you they say you know so what you're 12 years old what are you into and they go i love thomas the tank engine and they go oh this is a bit odd You're 12 years old why is he still into thomas and he knows all the names of the trains if you ask a 12 year old girl the same question she'll say i'm really into one direction or something and then They think, oh, that's normal. Whereas actually, if you delve a little deeper, you'll find out, but they know all the birthdays, all their mum's birthdays, all their dad's birthdays, where they went on holiday (laughs) for the first 20 years. So it's a special interest, intense interest, high anxiety, not always understanding exactly what's being said or quite not understanding metaphors like if i say to any any of my girls you know can i pick your brains they're like that's hideous mom <laughs> i'm going to call child line yeah so so those kinds that slight lack of understanding but having said that that sort of intense interest can also mean that they can study to the most incredible level so they can look at a, a piano and by the end of the day they've kind of gone yeah i've mastered that now Wow. So, you know, it's not that they're savants or anything like that, but just that there is that ability to just focus completely intensity. intensity, which yeah. is a huge advantage. So there are challenges. And for, for many of the girls, what happens is they don't get diagnosed. So this anxiety rises and rises and rises. They get to their teens. And um, someone was saying the other day, there's a massive proportion of a portion of girls that will be diagnosed with eating disorders actually that they have got the eating disorder but actually the underlying condition is that they're actually autistic oh
2: my gosh because that's about
5: control and, and anxiety kind of, yeah. um, Often, yeah. yes and it may not be necessarily that they want to be thinner in terms of their figure yeah. but they know that i want to hit this number i need yeah. to hit this number on the scale so if you give them a new number to hit they go oh yeah i can do that i'll hit the new number on the scale so it's it's much easier in many ways to 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 deal with that um but also things like self harm depression, suicidal ideation, all of those things for the girls as they get into their teens, if they don't go die if they don't get diagnosed, they fly under the radar and they don't fit in anywhere and Now, one of the biggest groups of people being diagnosed is in fact women in their forties really who have just gone. Why don't? Why doesn't? My life just doesn't quite work. I seem to go from job to job, and I fall out with people, and my relationships are really complicated and complex, yeah. and um, and I get I'm afraid of this, that, and the other, and I like routine to a quite a ridiculous scale. And they realise actually this is that's that's okay you're autistic it, there's a word for it it's called autism and that's that's not scary that's just that's just the oh, word that describes it yeah
3: how young were your children when you've got them yeah got
5: them diagnosed, diagnosed. yeah well my Imogen who's now thirteen was three. So we knew with her, she kept putting her hands over her ears everywhere we went. And then it was got to the point where in the kitchen she put her hands on her ears when she was sitting near the fridge. I was thinking, <laughs> that's a bit weird. So I just put into like um, ear, hearing sensitivity in children and immediately autism came up. So I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. And then when I read about it, I just thought, hang on a minute. Her sister is five years older. That's exactly Talia. So Imogen and Talia, we sent them both on the same day. Um, for to get assessed and they were both diagnosed on the same day so we were like we went from wow. having no autistic children well we still had them didn't we they just weren't labelled um, and uh, then they were diagnosed so uh, you know and then that's just been a, a, a real learning curve I guess because we then went to school and Imogen at school got help immediately because her autism is a little bit more obvious but for Talia it just wasn't and no one believed us even the teachers were like no no Mrs Grant sorry she's not autistic I'm like just because she's not rain man doesn't mean she's not autistic uh-huh. yeah and she's carrying all this anxiety and you have to acknowledge that she's not kicking off she's not hitting anybody she's just sitting there quietly melting down and then coming home uh-huh. and actually screaming and kicking uh-huh. and melting down fully
2: how did you feel as a mom when they were diagnosed so a friend of mine has her son has just been diagnosed with autism and one of yeah. the things that she really had to get past was she felt Like she was almost being judged as a bit of a failure as a mum for not picking it up early enough for not spotting the signs for not instantly then knowing how to handle it all how does it feel for you? Do you know what I think as women and as mums we put so
5: much guilt on ourselves it's just so unnecessary we just it's just don't go there Um, but I think for people we need to give people the time and the space to process some of that information so I think that for many parents they do feel oh my gosh what does that mean I I thought my child was going to get old and be really uh, sociable and get married and have children not that autistic people don't do all of these things but actually for parents to begin with they just fear that's it that's the end of their child's life and therefore their life um, and it's not what they expected. I think for David Knight was slightly different because we've always been in the arts. And so for me, I think, I think I've been surrounded by people who are probably <laughs> on the spectrum and I've always got on with those people. Um, and I've always had the quirky singers that record companies have rung up and gone, no one can deal with this one. You know, we've been through every vocal coach. Okay, we're coming to you. And I'm a bit like the Red Cross. I go in. I'm going in. Uh, you know, and I've I've had an hour with a person and just thought, well, they're completely delightful. I love them. They're quirky. They're different. And isn't that what we want in our industry? You want mm. people that are quirky and different. So, yeah, you,
3: t- you talk about it very matter of factly, but yeah. the reality of having four kids yeah. on the autism spectrum. Like that can't have been an easy ride
5: for you. Well, if I'm honest, I'm really glad you invited me on because it's Respite Care <laughs> tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone that offers me work, I'm just like, oh, yeah. pick me, pick me. Yeah. No. Um, it's it is really difficult at times, and but the hardest thing really is not necessarily the children in fact it's not even not necessarily it's, it's not the children it's getting school to change it's accessing yeah. services when you say my child's depressed and they say sorry they're not depressed enough and you go i think my child might be a about to try and end their life and they go, sorry, there's not a big enough need. And you go, my child's now in hospital and we're on suicide watch. Mm, Well, you know, we'll see what we can do. Second time around, suddenly you access help. And for us as parents, when you've lived through, I've been sat on suicide watch six times in the last three years. And that changes me as a parent. It completely changes me. It means when I go to the school gate, you know, mums are going, oh, I don't know what to do about Johnny. I've got to get him through his sats. What am I going to do? <laughs> I get my private tutor. And I'm sitting there thinking, I just want mine to live. Right. So, of course, it completely changes you as a parent. Your priorities completely change your aims, your expectations but life does evolve and move on and I just look at Talia now doing Hollyoaks, she's now one of the lead characters in Hollyoaks, the first autistic woman to play an autistic woman in a continuing drama and I'm so proud of her and she says it's like reset has been pressed on her life because all 200 cast and crew got autism training, Did so a lighting rigger on Hollyoaks has had more autism training than any teacher that my child
2: has had Wow. We are going to keep talking about this and what schools should be doing uh, with the fabulous Carrie Grant here on Badass Women's Hour XL. The vampire
3: strikes back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.
2: Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter and Emma Sexton, where we are talking to the fabulous Carrie Grant about raising children with autism. Carrie, before the break, you mentioned that your daughter, Talia, is now working on Hollyoaks and everyone had been given autism training. Yeah. And that's just changed her experience of the world yes it really does
5: and i think what it does is it allows those people that don't know anything about autism to discover something about it you know and i think that's that's really important we can't just expect people to yeah. make all those adjustments and understand if they haven't had any training so i think important what training are some things that uh, they've been trained in so for instance um if they were at the end of a take and the director says uh right we're going to go for another take um, let's try it on a different shot Uh, Talia might think it's because of me they're doing that she will instantly default to this is me it's about me it's because I've got it wrong they don't like me and before she knows it she's unravelled so all the director needs to do is say right we're going for another take look at Talia give her a little thumbs up and then and give her a wink or whatever like you know you're all right. then she knows she's fine then she knows it's not about her it's a simple thing like that or giving her she's actually got her own room which has been really important for her to have a space that's away from everybody she sticks her headphones on and just takes herself off set and has time out she needs time out regularly because she gets a bit overwhelmed with with people and lights and smells and all all the sensory stuff
2: yeah how would you if you're a mum and you're hearing this and you're sort of thinking oh that's ringing some bells for me what are some of the things that mothers should be looking for in their kids, particularly in their
5: girls? Do you know what's really and and I I know this is like a shameless plug but actually this new book that we've uh, just, I've just been a part of writing uh, it's called Autism and Girls and in that book it has, I'm just one mum, there's other mums, there are autistic women, there are autistic girls, there are uh, neuroscientists, teachers, head teachers, uh, health uh, workers, there are Every kind of person that has some kind of impact around autism has commented on autism and girls in that book. And for me, I feel like it's a little treasure trove to just look at that and think, oh, that chapter's maybe not. Oh, but my gosh, that one that's talking about, you know, I I guess my chapter, because it's about raising children. It's got all those little cues, like clues, like I suppose things like just the sensory stuff like my children not wanting their foods to touch having to sit in the same place having if we're going to a restaurant it has to be the same restaurant at the same table at the same chair with the same menu and the same food each time and you know what that's okay yeah. or it could be like tomorrow celebrating mother's day where there's um a buffet so they don't have to rigidly choose oh my gosh, I don't like that hamburger because it comes with gherkin. You can actually go up and take off the buffet what yeah. you want. So um, it's things like that. It's it's also sometimes there can be quite unusual fears. I know that for Talia, she hated black and white photographs. Mm-hmm. So every time they did history at school, it was just hideous. They'd open the history books and she would just want to scream and leave the class. And, of course, no one wanted to cut her any slack. Like, come on, it's a black and white photo. Let's do not yeah. be stupid. And, of course, no one wants to feel stupid least of all, girls on the autism spectrum, they're really self-conscious about, please don't make me look stupid because I'm actually really super smart. I just don't like black and white photos. Is that okay? (laughs) So those kinds of adjustments that actually for for school are really, really straightforward or complicated relationships, having a, a little input to help them with their relationships. Those things, they don't cost anything. So I hate it when people go, we haven't got enough money to make those changes. Yeah, you have, because it's about changing your mindset. It's about looking at the world through that child's eyes and knowing the things that stress them, knowing why they're anxious, letting them know that you like them. You know, like we all want. Don't you want that in your job here?
2: Absolutely. I'm going to
5: send my producer on Harriet
2: training, quite frankly. Where's my thumbs up? I don't know.
5: (laughs) Do you know what I mean, though? Like, you know, if you felt like people didn't really... Like, no one... If you came off it and no one said anything... You'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm not a very good presenter because yeah. no one ever gives me any praise. So it's a little bit like just understanding that people need those nudges. They need that reassurance. We all need it, but autistic girls, like my children anyway, I can only speak on behalf of my yeah. two, but they really need that. They need that reassurance.
2: How's it had an impact on your relationship with David? So like, as parents, yeah. how have you had to adjust so that you've got time oh and space my for yourselves? Oh
5: gosh, we are like so bent out of shape we are the <laughs> a completely different parents to the ones that started back in 1994 i can tell you it's just so different we've had to learn so much and we've changed i feel like these children have taught us so much about ourselves they made us grateful for the tiniest things the autistic women uh, and probably boys as well but they noticed the tiniest minutiae of life and that is such a huge advantage that you can have gratitude where you know i'm sitting there i'm looking at a thunderstorm thinking it's so rainy and i hate london you know and my children would go there's a new bud on that tree second to the left have you seen it you're like what that's incredible wow you've just seen something that everyone else would Mm -hmm. miss and it's that detail that i think gives you gratitude it gives you a, a kind of that kind of thanksgiving in your
3: heart which i think is healthy and what do you do to look after yourselves? We talk, you know, a lot about how you support autistic children and the, yeah. getting the schools. But, you know, if you if you are a parent and you've got to, you know. Yeah, I'm a full time carer and trying to yeah, work. How do you how do you look after yourself? What do you do or what have you done to cope? Have you do you feel like you've mastered it over the years now? Do you feel you have a, a coping strategy and a self-care that's such a good question I feel that I have in part there are little
5: things I've been able to do my main thing is I'm an absolute time pauper I feel like the poorest person in the world in terms of time and that that because they, the minute I walk through the door to the minute I walk out the door, there is some demand going on. And, and so I don't really ever sit down or always, you know, I, and that might just be counselling someone for two hours in order to get them to go to school. Right. So it, it's it, it never, ever lets up. So that's very difficult. But one thing I did do two years ago um, I made a decision to stop drinking alcohol. Not that I was drinking loads anyway, but I just, I know you've got someone bringing lovely drinks in soon, but um, I just made that decision because I just thought, if anything does happen to one of my children and they succeed in all their attempts, then I don't want that to be a weakness for me. So that was a really big decision for me to just say, right, that's it. I'm never drinking uh, again. And um, so that was a big one. I also eat very, very healthily because I've got Crohn's as well. And I feel better when I eat healthily. I sleep better if I'm allowed to go to sleep, oh, yeah, that's right. that's the hard thing. But you know, you can't. You can say get more sleep, but you can't if a, you know. Thirteen year old child decides they want to do cosplay at two in the morning, and yeah. and, and also if you're worried, they need your about... phone and they want to take pictures. And why aren't you yeah. understanding, mum? This is perfectly reasonable.
3: <laughs> and also if you're concerned about them, like you say, when they when they yeah. have their meltdowns and they're a real concern to you, then absolutely,
5: you're gonna you know, you know four in the morning. I've I've tried to discipline myself out of overthinking at four in the morning. That's that time, the hour that we wake up and yeah. just go, my life is really terrible. um <laughs> But I try when I'm in that place to just kind of go right. That's it. Those I'm not thinking about this. I promise you mind. I will give you a yeah. chance to think about this at eight o'clock. I'm promising you. I'm going to give you one minute at eight o'clock. But right now, we're not talking. We're not yeah. thinking. We're not talking about this. And I'm really like so disciplined with that.
3: And then my head wanders like, nope, Nope. eight o'clock. I'm giving you a minute. Yeah. If only we could control our minds. I do think that, you know, you just think, well, actually, if I just don't pay any attention to those negative thoughts, then then everything's fine. If I don't overanalyze it and overthink it.
5: I did a thing with myself. I actually, and I do this when I go out and do motivational stuff. I actually tell people, right, we're going to write a contract today. We're going to write this contract and we are going to say, these are the people whose opinions I care about and then we write five names of the oh some people I can't even find five this is genius yeah and you literally write it down you sign it and then you have that contract in your bag and you're like, when someone says something horrible to you, you remember, I'm sorry, your name's not on my list.
0: My list has not got your name on.
5: That's brilliant. I should deal. I've got, I've got my, my little bit of paper. goes around
3: with me.
2: That's amazing. I'm going to do that the second we leave the studio. I'm going to write my list. Yeah. yeah.
3: I don't even think I can allow five people to have an opinion. Can I? Maybe three. Yeah. Three's
5: a lot, I think. Yeah, and you know immediately who's not going to be on your list, right? Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've oh, got yeah. you know toxicity around us. Yes. You just go right. You're not on my list.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Harry, in the years that you've been a mum, what are you most proud of your kids for? What have they kind of done? Being alive. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Some days, anyone. <laughs> quite frankly, yeah. anyone yeah. who keeps four kids alive gets yeah, yeah, as a proud moment. Yeah. <laughs>
5: I think for me, it's those tiny little things that they do that you just go, yes. I know, for instance, with my adoptive son, um, the moment he ran out of his bedroom and ran to me first thing in the morning rather than David, because he would completely ignore me uh, for maybe up to a year. It was the first year. And I think after about a year, he ran and hugged me, ran and hugged me. And... I just remember thinking, yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to, we will get there. We will, this will be okay. We are going to get there. And and it's, you know, again with Tali when she's done Hollyoaks or Imogen. Imogen's been out of school since 2017 because she's too clever for special school and she's too autistic for mainstream. So she's, there isn't a school near where we live in North London. So, um, but for her, you know, when she gets out the house, I'm like, yes. You got out the house today, you went and or you did cosplay and you, you, you know, you used your imagination. Or my oldest daughter, when I see her going about her business and running her career, now she's an actor, and I, I'm just I'm just really proud. Yeah, yeah. And they're characters, really, actually. They're characters. When my children become campaigners, my first two are like proper campaigners like I am, and I love that spirit. I want, I'd be more proud of that than anything else. What are I they think. campaigning against? So, uh, with special needs, yeah, uh, And also, a lot of the, um, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff, they're really, like, these and feminism, the girls are just so hot. They're Mm -hmm. great.
3: I do feel like the generation coming through are, like, fierce. I ran a workshop for young women, young entrepreneurs, and nearly all their businesses were things to change the gender pay gap, to fix equality, and they were so fired up. It was literally turning, it almost turned into, like, some... Exciting times. Yeah, really. I'm like, these girls are just not going to take any prisoners they are going to make stuff happen if we if our generation haven't done it by the time it gets to them that it's like that is it's happening isn't yeah. it yeah
5: i really hope so i hope they don't get followed on by some really sort of i don't know i feel like the, the when i when i was i'm now in my 50s but in the early 80s during those Thatcher years where we all hated thatcher Those were great years. We were arch feminists, and music was full of political lyrics. It was great, and then it kind of went a bit. Kind of everyone was like, "Oh, it's fine, isn't it? We're all good. We fixed it. Yeah, it was shiny, happy." And um, this generation has got that spark. And of course, what's happening with in our nation? They need it, which is great. You know, it's great that they're they're coming up to do something with the mess that the grown ups (laughs) are leaving. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true.
2: Carrie, it's been so fantastic talking to you. Thank, thank you. you. for having me. It's just been Don't illuminating and inspiring. And thank you very much for coming thank in. You. We have loved chatting to you. One, two, three, four. This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour, HR, um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it.